Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. And welcome, everybody, to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Les Jackson. The other guy is Fred Staub. You know us. We're here each and every week, live at this hour on Saturdays. And, of course, uh, as you know, we have lots of things to talk about in the auto industry. Mostly good, uh, but there are always a few little upsetting or uh, <laughs> not so good stories but but uh, we you know we want to keep you informed we want to yeah. make sure you know as much as we do about you, the auto industry sure uh, we're really glad to tell you though uh, if you have been wanting an F-150 Lightning electric pickup uh, well you're going to have to wait a little bit same for the GM yep. Hummer GMC Hummer because these manufacturers have huge demand for these vehicles and they're uh, uh, they don't have all the production they need do they no it turns out you actually have to build them <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it's it's taking well obviously the supply chain problem we all know it, you know it's it's just we're uh, things will things will get better but not for a while meanwhile Mercedes uh, got approved for its level three autonomous driving system. Yeah. Ultimately, there are five levels. And this is three level three is, is pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they got a big approval from the folks over in Europe. We'll tell you about that. What's how that's going to play mm -hmm. out as the Tesla turns a new way mm -hmm. to prevent icing. Do you know what icing mm -hmm. is uh, when it comes to charging? Yep. It's where the internal combustion vehicle parks in the uh, in the electric charging station. So they have right. a new way to prevent that. But <laughs> they are also have a problem with people playing computer games while driving. And now the government safety agency wants to know why you can play these games while driving a Tesla. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Why would you do that? But we'll talk about it. Uh, VW is bringing back its camper van. Yep. Uh, these things are so hot on the collector circuit. I mean, it's staggering. I follow the prices of these things, and it's just unbelievable. Yep, yep. They used to be everywhere, and uh, we're going to see yep. if it's going to come to the U.S. I think it will be based on the uh, new all-electric sure. buzz chassis vehicle so plus we're going to have 2022 pricing from buick and honda good information if you're going to head out and buy a new vehicle and you got something on 3g right yes indeed your connected car not new one but maybe a couple or three years old it could become disconnected <laughs> disconnected car. in 2022 yeah um, well well it will be 
We just can't quite tell you when. All right. We'll have all that and more when we come back on Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine, bringing you up to date on what's going on in the automotive world. Fred Staub, along with Les Jackson, we are glad you are here. As always, don't forget, we're here always at this time, so tune on in and uh, get ready to get some information about new vehicles, yeah. uh, whether you're just a fan of new vehicles, you like the technology, or you're going out to buy something. We got the info for you. Um, so one of the big hits uh, of this year has been the Ford F-150 Lightning. Now, it's been a big hit with the press, and it's been a big hit with people ordering them, but no one has one because they haven't started to build it yet. They're going to start building it, I believe, in the springtime. And the, the uh, first deliveries will not happen until September of 2022. But if you wanted a 2022 F-150 Lightning, too late. The reservations are closed. You're now into the 2023 model year, and the demand is very high. I think they have uh, 170,000 reservations for these vehicles. Now, not all of them will become sales. But uh, the CEO of uh, Ford said um, they're hoping 80% of them become sales. And they just don't have the capability to build these things. Ford plans to build 15,000 of them in 2022, 55,000 in 2023, and 80,000 in 2024. And that adds up to 150,000, so <laughs> that's 20,000 <laughs> short of the people that have ordered them for 2022. It's going to be a long wait. It's boy, is that a long wait? Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, what do you think they'll do? I don't know, but there'll be other options for them. So I think they may go elsewhere. But kind of a similar situation, not as bad, applies to GMC with its Hummer EV. Um, they've received about 60,000 orders for the Hummer EV pickup and SUV. Uh, and the majority of them are for the Edition 1 tri trim level, with, which is $110,295, the most hardcore off-road package available. That's not going to arrive to the fall. And uh, now this says it, fall of 2021, but I don't even think... That that has not happened. I have not seen any well, of these out on the road. I think fall of twenty two would be more like doing it. pretty well. Yeah, uh, and the base model will not get here until spring of twenty twenty four. So what mm. happens with these? Remember this this most powerful edition one trim level has 1,000 horsepower and 11,500 11, pound-feet of torque um, and 0 to 60 in 3 seconds and 350 miles on a single charge. Impressive. 
What are these things going to cost, though? Really, they're not going to cost $110,000. They're going to cost probably much more than that, right? Yeah, probably $125,000, Wow. Again, uh, who's buying these, and how are they affording them? Now, some may be buying buying it with the idea that they're going to flip it and sell it. That's uh, yeah. That has become a, uh, a situation that uh, is a norm now in the automotive world. Um, and I think you might see that with the F-150 Lightning, and you might see it with uh, the, uh, the Hummer. Uh, it's hard to say uh, because I think some people are just looking to make money. And it's like, hey, I got into this early and then maybe, you know, I can make some money on this. Now, over at Ford, uh, in addition to this, when it comes to the Mustang Mach-E, which I just had a chance to drive not that long ago, really nice vehicle, Um the uh, they don't have enough capacity for that either. They are delaying the electric explorer and aviator EVs uh, to build more Mustang Mach E's. So they have a huge demand for these things. And a CEO of Ford, Jim Farley, recently said that they want to double their global EV production capacity to six hundred thousand vehicles annually over the next two years. These are built down in a Mexico plant. The idea was they would build the electric explorer and aviator down there as well, but no longer because they want to really dedicate that plan to the Mustang Mach-E. So certainly some EV hits coming on. I don't know. Let us know in the comments. Would you wait for two years for one of these vehicles? Well, or no. I mean, it presumably... <laughs> Well, That's what Les is. If if only if you're a collector. I mean, right. you're, you're, you we'll, want something to drive. We'll be right back with Cruise Control. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Talking about those uh, EV vehicles, would you wait? Would you wait for two years to get one of those first edition Hummers uh, or uh, even the F-150 Lightning? I don't know. I, people have done this, though. It's become common. Look what happened with the Corvette. Yeah. They had to wait for multiple years and... Uh, I wonder if anyone that ordered one uh, in uh, 2021 and has been is move is moved. Oh, I, you know, I wonder if people are still waiting on on the list for for two two years or so. I, th I think so. Yeah. Um, but but that's the exception. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, other people have moved on. Now something else. One of the other topics we talk about, not as much as electric vehicles, uh, but. Uh, we do talk about it quite a bit, is autonomous driving. And uh, big news from Mercedes, we, we talk about levels of autonomy, right? Like what's what's level one of autonomy? Is that like lane keeping or something like uh, that? Where actually, it's no, 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 no. Well, actually, autonomy goes back many, many years. Um, 
and and it autonomy really in the as far as the world automotive engineering groups uh, is devices that took either skill or tedium out of the of the driving so an automatic so, transmission could be autonomous? yes now, level one was automatic transmissions power steering wow um electric windows um electric windshield wipers stuff like that so what's uh, level, level level two is that lane keeping that level two biggest thing was easy pass uh okay uh, well, and things like that yeah. and then also uh nav systems the first nav systems were level two well now mercedes has this at level three and this is they got an uh, approve approval uh, in Germany to do this level three autonomous system. And it basically is limited to certain roads. And I think about 37 miles an hour where you can go completely hands-free, but only in certain locations, only on certain roads. Yep. It uses LIDAR. Um, and uh, they said, let's say in a traffic jam or something, you could check your emails. You could um, do things like that. Um, and it uh, it is the first of this type of system to get approval in Germany. Now, I know Honda is working on this as well, uh, where you can right. can do this. Uh, but it it is a big deal, and. It's certain roads, I guess, because of why? The design of the road, sensors in the road. Why is it certain roads and not um, others? Well, it's certain roads that the systems can can run rather foolproof. Okay. So they're wide open, usually interstates, um, or major secondary roads. They're, they're wide open. Visibility's great. Uh, weather isn't such a big concern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it has to work all the time. Yeah. So this system is much more engineered than <laughs> full self-driving systems from other manufacturers, let's just say, if you know uh, what I mean. Yes. Yes. The, the technology exists. It's it's how you can integrate it. The system's called Drive Pilot, and it's been a big uh, – a big – goal for Mercedes to bring this out. And uh, it uses LIDAR, camera, radar, ultrasonic sensors, and more. And like once again, it only works up to 37 miles an hour. So you're not going to be on the Autobahn at 100 miles an hour and letting this drive for you. But it certainly is useful in traffic jams, if they have such a thing like that in Europe. Do yeah. they have those <laughs> in Europe? I don't know. Heavy traffic or suitable stretches of highway in Germany. So uh, they say it also allows you to do things like online shopping in your vehicle while it's in this mode. Well, Manufacturers you know, want to get into that in a big way, you know. This is this is the future. They want to get into that because they, they can make some big money on that. But hats off to Mercedes. Of course, uh, Honda has a similar system that's been – uh, I believe approved for limited use in Japan, and we will be seeing more and more of this 
Of course, you yep. and I are, that's fine and useful. We don't ever want to give up completely steering vehicles, but, uh, you know, that's, I'm more excited. I always say I'm more excited about electric vehicles than autonomous vehicles. And autonomous vehicles are going to be phased in much slower. Yeah, exactly. Because it requires tremendous infrastructure, remapping, yeah. all kinds of things. Redesign of roads. I mean, you've seen with the Tesla's yeah. uh, system that's not full self-driving. Uh, it can get confused when the lines on the road are worn off or not painted correctly or something like that. So there you have it. Uh, let's Talking of Tesla, though, let's do our As the Tesla Turns segment, as uh, has become popular lately. As the Tesla Turns, this is actually quite an interesting thing. Uh, and apparently this happens around the country. It's called icing for internal combustion engine, ice, icing, where people park pickup trucks or whatever in a charger stall um, so people with electric cars can't, can't charge up their vehicle. What is the point of this? Just to be a jerk? To be a jerk. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there's a new trend in China. Apparently, this is happening in China. They have a, what we would call a sully port, but they call it a a a, a pop up floor mechanism. Sully ports typically are those kind of ramped things. Like if they don't want you to come into a right. building, they it, they come up and you can't drive over it, or if you try to, you got stuck <laughs> stuck on it. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, these are going in. These these are kind of like a, just a pop up bar that comes up, so you can't park in the electric uh, charging supercharger stall. And uh, it looks like they might be uh, eventually coming to the U.S. too to stop bad behavior like that. Yeah, because um, who enforces this? Nobody enforces it, right? If you if you came to charge your vehicle and there was a pickup truck there. Could you call the police and say, hey, this guy's parked in this charging area? Uh, I would have to find out if it's a misdemeanor. In, or could they in tow Virginia. your vehicle? I don't know. Uh, but it has to be an offense before the police can do anything. Yeah. I don't know. But it's just a stupid thing to do. It's just stupid. It is. Now, what would I do personally? Tow them out with a truck? No, uh, I but I would, I would render that pickup undrivable. <laughs> then he, although the problem is, then he couldn't move out of the spot at all, <laughs> even if That's he wanted true. to. Even if it was pointed out, you're a jerk. It's like okay, I'll move it. He couldn't. <laughs> anyway, uh, what do you think of this idea of them blocking it off, and you have to have an app, and once you hit the app, and it recognizes that you have an electric vehicle, it will let you in. I think it's a good idea. I think it's sad that the, the world's societies have eroded in civility to the extent that we have to have something like this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the idea. And then someone said they'll just wrap a chain around it and pull it out of the ground. Well, then that's destroying property. So that's illegal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That you go to jail for. Yeah. Um, so also – 
as part of our As the Tesla segment. This is interesting. NHTSA, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, is opening up an investigation. And uh, it has to do with uh, a guy named Vince Patton, who is a Tesla owner. We'll tell you about it when we come back on Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. He is none other than Les Jackson. We will be right back with Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and more. We'll be right back. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Before the break, we were talking about, uh, oh, some antics going on with Tesla owners. There's always somebody. As the Tesla turns, Les Jackson. Yep. And uh, this time... Uh, they may have gone a little bit too far. There's a guy, as you mentioned, Fred, named Vince Patton, who owns a Tesla, and he saw saw a YouTube uh, video where somebody was actually driving a Tesla and playing a, a game on the screen. That came with the car. That's the thing. It came it with the came car. came with the car. Right. And he thought, well, this shouldn't be allowed, so he contacted he tried it himself complaint. in his own. He went to like yeah, a parking but, lot and tried it right. and was able to do uh, this. He is a retired broadcast journalist from Portland, Oregon. Uh, he was able to play some guy, a game called Sky Force Reloaded. And he basically ratted out Tesla to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Yeah, which you don't want to do. I mean, you, you know, if you're doing something wrong with when you manufacture your cars, you don't want NHTSA to know about it. Well, now they uh, do, and they're investigating it. Yeah, and they're not happy. Uh, I mean, if you've ever driven a car where you can play something, like uh, I'll give you an example, Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, you can play videos, right? You can only play them if you're in park. Yeah. You can't play them. Now, in Europe, you can have TV playing while you drive, believe it or not, which I don't think is a great idea, uh, but uh, that's okay in Europe, and that's a lot of BMW owners found this out and would bypass it so they could watch TV while they were driving, uh, which is a really bad idea, I think. But anyway, uh, here you're not supposed – my understanding is you're not supposed to be able to do that, right? You're not supposed to be able to, the driver is not supposed to be able to do that. Yeah. So what will happen here? NHTSA will go after them, I think. uh, They'll go after them and uh, they'll issue a, uh, in in the worst case, they'll issue a cease and desist. And if they don't comply, they can essentially ground all their vehicles. And so eventually we might see something that a uh, over-the-air update from Tesla that stops this, I would imagine, right? Yeah. So um, I predict that will happen very soon. Okay. 
And uh, it's easy. He can send it out from uh, home base, wherever Tesla home base is. Sure. In Texas nowadays, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> wherever wherever it comes from. So here's a little bit uh, happier story. Uh, and we don't know if this is going to come to the U.S., but I hope it does. Of course, you and I remember the VW camper van. It was very basic mm-hmm. camping. You had like a little... A bed, you had a, a little uh, two-burner uh, stove, a little fridge, a little sink, uh, and uh, it you, you would see the top of the vehicle would go up like this. There was a bunk up there, and these were factory campers. They're perfect, especially for the van life folks nowadays. Um, now, of course, the ID Buzz, this is another vehicle we've been talking about for a long time, the return of the microbus. This is going to be an electric vehicle. It's built on VW's MEB platform. And we've seen some of these running around. There's all different types. There's work vans. There's the window van. Yep. Uh, they are going to build the California ver- uh, model, as that's what it's known as in Europe, the camper, on this van. And... Uh, we know it's going to Europe. I hope it comes to the U.S. By the way, the ID Buzz, the standard model, will come with a 201-horsepower single-motor rear-wheel drive setup, and you'll have an all-wheel drive setup available. And they're talking about a range of about 300 miles, which has become 340 miles, which has become kind of the um, kind of the standard now. It's coming quickly, becoming the standard. Uh, I hope they do b- bring this camper out here, though. I think it would be perfect, wouldn't it? It's uh, it's irresistible. They have to do it. There, there are hundreds of thousands of people who would want one. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, they could amp it up, too. They could put solar panels on the roof, what a lot of people well, do. They could do the famous 23-window version. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I guess they could. Um I, I think I think we'll see it. I think it will be a modern version. It'll probably be all electric for cooking and things like that inside mm-hmm. with an yep. induction cooktop, a modernized version of that. Uh, as I said, solar power for lighting inside, I'm sure. Uh, something really neat. And I think this is going to be a big hit. Once again, though, Les, it's a vehicle we've been talking about for years now. At, we have. At least three still, years. Yeah just happening so slowly and it's coming out in 2024 and i'm sure as soon as it comes out (laughs) you'll be able to order your 2028 model (laughs) but uh exciting that's right (laughs) you can order it for your 60th birthday (laughs) and you're now 45 yeah yeah um now well let's talk about some pricing of vehicles you probably can get though buick encore pricing they their little crossover um, hit the market here in 2013, and uh, it is going to uh, get uh, not much of an update for uh, its new model year, uh, but that's okay because sure. it, it is um, it is a cool little vehicle, a little crossover. There's some thought that this vehicle may go away because they have the larger Encore GX in their lineup. Um, But who knows? Very few changes. Uh, Pricing, though, for this is good. 
25795 uh, That is for the 2022 Encore, including the 1195 destination charge. It's the same price as the 2021 Encore Preferred. And uh, they, they've done some play around with the, uh, with the uh, lineup as far as trim and things like that. Uh, the, uh, what they've done uh, is they've added just an outdoor temperature sensor, and that's it. Uh, the passenger seat back, this is interesting, the passenger seat back will no longer fold flat, which is annoying huh. Cause I like that I, on the vibe where you can put me you, too. You can put a big, uh, big ladder or anything like that. But uh, they they they've made up for it by putting a seat back map pocket, <laughs> which is totally <laughs> useless oh, for really? maps, oh, well. and and it's in the back of your seat, which makes it hard to reach over. So yeah, well, I take the folding <laughs> seat. It sounds like a little bit of uh, decontenting to me. It does. Uh, and also, the 8-inch infotainment touchscreen shrinks to become a 7-inch touchscreen. A little decontenting going on hmm. here. But it's still a good deal at that price. Uh, it They all come uh, with a 1.4-liter uh, engine, uh, 138 horsepower, 148 pound-feet of torque. So uh, they whittled down to the base model and preferred model for 2021. And uh, the next year uh, for 2022 year, the base departs. So the only, it's only one model available. Uh, there is an electric heater and defroster that replaces the traditional heater core system. Now that's interesting. I did not know that, that people were replacing those, uh, even on internal combustion-powered cars, makes sense. I mean, because one of the benefits of an electric car, I've found, is instant heat. Instant, instant heat, heat. Instant de defrosting. So it seems to me that this would be a better way to go on all internal combustion cars. I th frankly think it would be smaller and less complex than running uh, the... Uh, you know, he, uh, heating and cooling system and having a heater core and all that, wouldn't it? Well, it, I'm sure it is. And um, lighter. I think it'd be lighter, wouldn't it? Got to be lighter. So, But, you know, it's um, in the old days, not too long ago, there just wasn't enough battery or alternator capacity to run that heater. All right. The it's electric heater. Now, let's talk pricing on the Passport, the Honda Passport. Of course, they're coming out with a tougher trail sport version of this for 2022. Uh, and uh, the most expensive for 2021 year, the model's most expensive variant, the Elite trim cost 44180 for the new model year. Uh there is a much more expensive model at $45,430. We'll kind of break down some of the changes of this vehicle when we come back on Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Stay tuned. Cruise Control. 
And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine, Fred Staub and Les Jackson. We're glad you're with us. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com, where you can find out about the YouTube feed, the podcast, the uh, Twitter feed, Instagram, Les's Snapchat. <laughs> yep. My new socks. Your new socks. Exciting stuff. All stuff. Yeah. You, time well spent. You want to go over there. Um, this is kind of a talking tech segment, but it's an old talking tech segment in a sense uh, that your connected car may be disconnected in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll want to tell you why about this. We have an article um, that we've posted up from the drive on our Facebook page. If you want to go over there and check that out. And while you're there, give us a like. We always like that. But turns out some of the older connected cars, and this can be anything from OnStar to hotspots to uh, information about uh, traffic, all of that, a lot of these cars not that long ago were built with 3G <laughs> systems or uh, 3G software and hardware. And what's happening, if you haven't, didn't know this, I didn't frankly think about it, but it, they're shutting down the 3D network in 2022 pretty quickly. I think T-Mobile is and yeah. AT&T, Verizon, they all pulled the plug on this because they feel uh, 5G is here. Uh, for folks that don't have a 5G phone, they probably have a 4G phone because that's been around for a while. Yep. And why keep the 3G hot when you can take that down, get more tower space, uh, and and spend more on 5G to expand the 5G network? Now, this affects, as I said, many things like in-nav in traffic and location data, Wi-Fi hotspots, emergency call services, remote unlock-on-lock lock, lock functions, smartphone app connectivity, um, even concierge services. And many hmm. of these vehicles will no it will just no longer work when three G is not Yeah, and and these vehicles could be as as new as three or four years old. Yeah. If you go over to that article on our Facebook page from the drive, uh it kind of lists them all out. Now the uh fix for some of these, there will be a fix for some of them. Some of them you can download software which will make it 4G capable. Some will require hardware change. Um, and some automakers like Toyota and Lexus are not planning to re retrofit the affected vehicles. You'll just, frankly, lose that connectivity. That's right. right. Come in come in and buy a new vehicle. <laughs> buy a new vehicle. <laughs> Throw this one away <laughs> and buy a new one. Uh, GM has started pushing a free over-the-air update in October to keep OnStar running post 3G. Uh, but some vehicles as new as a 2015 model year will need a hardware swap. Uh, now, Tesla, Tesla, you, will, Tesla will gladly charge you $200 to upgrade your oh, older Model S model. Well, sure. Uh, um, do you, 
uh, anticipate the aftermarket jumping in on this? I thought about that. Something that you could easily plug into an OBD2 port or something yeah. like that. Um, maybe change out a head unit. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it. It's interesting. I don't know. It. It might be that these systems are so different between vehicles that it would just cost too much to build individual systems. If you look at the list on that article, it's everything from Bentleys to uh, Toyota Corollas that could yeah. lose connectivity. And I don't think uh, people will care about their nav systems, but I think they will about their phone connection. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm not sure what's going to happen here but I think that you and I are pretty knowledgeable about this stuff. I did not realize they were shutting down 3G. I didn't either which pretty well means hardly anybody knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which they're not going to just send you a new phone like hey your phone no longer works here's a new one. In the old days they would. But in not the now. old days they would. Yeah, in the old days they'd say like, "Hey, select from this list," but uh, not anymore. So uh, that will be a big surprise. And if you have an older <laughs> cell phone, that's not going to work at all either. That's right. Well, let me pair my phone to my to my 2008 uh, S class Mercedes. Yeah, it's not going to work. As, what you mean? As, it won't pair. Well, and this article on the drive was pretty interesting because they said, get used to this. As the Internet of Things gets more deeply ingrained into vehicles, as they age, you and I have said this, what age is the worst on a vehicle? And it is infotainment and electronics. And that's what makes it look the, the oldest. And now it won't just age and say, look at you, you're rocking a cassette deck or a CD player, it just won't work. Um, and you'll lose functionality that that you're used to it. Uh, you know, uh, on the other hand, it will get better with 5G. And, and as this article said, 6G is already on the horizon. Um, I don't yeah, even have but, a 5G phone yet, so. But, you know, what if you paid 60 grand for this vehicle? three or four years ago, and now nothing works. Yeah. I, I mean, it won't be that nothing works. Your nav system might work, but you won't have traffic information or right. you won't have, you know, the emergency call information, which, frankly, a lot of people don't use. They never try, but if they need it, you know, they might really need it, and it might not work, which would be a bad surprise, frankly. I, I bet you that becomes an app for smartphones well we've seen this with uh, onstar they made it an app for smartphones so uh i agree yeah and some smartphones sense that you've had a crash and came to a sudden stop and they actually automatically dial the local 911 which i think is a great a great thing and that actually helped a guy out that had an accident on a farm i believe we did that story not that long ago and uh it was great news it was great news so Let's do a little quick tech story here. It uh, comes to us from uh, the folks at Volkswagen, and it involves one of my favorite cars, the Volkswagen GTI and Golf R. Um, and it has to do with uh, pedestrian braking 
front assist. Uh, and what's interesting about this system, typically they're radar-based, but with the uh, 2022 Volkswagen Golf GTI and Golf R, the front assist feature will help avoid collisions with cyclists and pedestrians. This also adds a camera to this, to the radar, so it can sense more things like cyclists and pedestrians. What's interesting here is it's an amalgamation of two systems. Um, Subaru has long been using their eyesight system, which is two cameras mounted on either side of the rear view mirror um, on, through, the, through the windshield glass. And it looks like Volkswagen is adopting this as well to get a better uh, view of obstacles that could be causing you a problem. Uh, it will, if if somebody, if it feels you're going to have a collision, it will first jolt you with the brakes, give you a uh, tap on the brakes to get your uh, attention, and then if you don't do anything, then it will brake on its own. Um uh, so, uh, interesting system. Uh, just another adaptation of yep, uh, camera and radar. So, hey, we appreciate you listening to Cruise Control. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. There's all sorts of things to look at, like our Facebook page, Twitter feed, podcast, YouTube page, and more. Time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We are going to see you down the road. Bye. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.